It's getting on to Christmas. You can read it in her eye. The windows now are full of things she's wishing she could buy. And since we have a grandson, the best of earthly joys, we're going back to Santa and a stocking full of toys. We've had a dozen Yuletides that were bright with Christmas cheer. They were grown-up celebrations without Santa, sleigh or deer. But we're going back to laughter and belief and childish glee. Back to horns and drums and stockings and the old-time Christmas tree. It's getting on to Christmas. You can read it in her eye. There's a hundred things in Toyland that she's wishing she could buy. We are done with grumpy wisdom and its cold, prosaic joy. We're going back to Santa and the magic he employs. Always clear back to the age of the caveman, midwinter has been a harsh and worrisome season. In ancient times, man wondered every year whether he had been doomed to eternal darkness and cold. He wondered if spring would really come again, with grass for his horse, berries and apples for his table. Some of that ancient fear stirs deep in us still in midwinter. It must. Or why would Christmas perpetuate the old superstitions? that focus on spring and the return of warmth and light. From Martin Luther's own Germany come some of these interesting superstitions from long ago. One says that if on Christmas Eve you'll go out into the garden with only a nightshirt on and thrash the garden with a hand flail, pasture grass will grow high next summer. Or if you have an orchard, on Christmas Eve tie wet bands of straw around each tree trunk and never mind the frozen fingers, for the ritual will load every branch with fruit next autumn. The Christmas concern with spring bloom and autumn harvest extends to Denmark, where, for a better crop, crumbs are carefully saved from the Christmas feast, and comes planting time, they're mixed with the seeds. Strange traditions, old fears and superstitions, quaint customs, all go to make up Christmas fantasy and fact. And so do ideas like this from a friend of ours.
Since Martin Luther furnished our Christmas fantasy carol, and since Martin Luther has been given credit for bringing the lighted Christmas tree into our home, with the tree he gave his own children, perhaps a Christmas tree story is in order. There are lots of legends about the Christmas tree, but I especially like the one that is seldom told, a story that begins way back at the beginning of time. Adam was there and Eve was there and there was the apple. Now Eve was just like any woman. Tell her she couldn't have something and she couldn't rest until she got it. And like any woman, she couldn't let Adam rest either. What could be the harm, she insisted, in taking one bite out of that plump red apple? So what if it was the fruit of knowledge? Wasn't knowledge a good thing to have? Adam, manlike, never could answer her arguments convincingly. Telling Eve that they had been forbidden to touch the fruit was no use. If Adam was going to be stogy and righteous and a stick in the mud, Eve tossed her head and accused him of a lack of courage, of not being adventurous, and finally with tears of not loving her. What could a mere man do? Adam did it. He picked the apple and took a bite. And Eve, with a triumphant little smile, content at getting her own way, sunk her own pretty white teeth into the apple. Well, Adam wasn't a bit surprised at what happened next. He'd expected it. But then when your wife wants something bad enough, even paradise has no peace in it. So being kicked out of paradise was something Adam was resigned to. However, he did want to take along something to remind Eve of the trouble her willfulness had gotten them into. Foolish man. It would take more than a reminder to cure the eaves of the world of wanting whatever is hardest to get. But at any rate, Adam got his wish, and the souvenir he took with him was a sprout from that very tree that had ruined paradise for him. Out in the world, the tree grew, but what a change. Its leaves were cruel and sharp, its fruit hard and scaly, and not fit for man or beast to eat. Summer and winter, it pointed its sharp needles outward, reminding all atoms that reaching too high may lead to falling mighty low. It was useless, of course, to remind the eaves of this world of anything. Centuries passed and more centuries, and Adam's sons worked and swept and were sick or became crippled. They lived far indeed from paradise. But through it all, they praised in song the God who had set them there, until at last, God himself relented. At last, to Adam's son came the Son of God. Over a stable a star hung low. Over the hills of the shepherds, angel voices swirled through the mists and the fogs, promising to all men hope of a return to paradise. And on that night, so legend says, the tree of Eden again bore fruit. Fruit mystical and wonderful beyond the dreams of Eve. Fruit of fire and glory. In garlands and stars and bursts of light, flashing crimson and silver and gold along the wooded ridges of the hills. And ever since at Christmas time, the fir tree blooms and bears again. Strung with silver of starlight and the gold of flame, 
A tree to remind Adam of paradise lost and hope regained. A tree of wisdom that reminds mankind not of failure, but of hope, and speaks of how there is no goal too distant from man's heart and dreams, not even heaven. So sing the praises of Christmas that bring man a little closer to the stars. Sing it in your heart. Sing it in the melodies of Yuletide. that bright cascade of bright Christmas notes and melody. Let's turn to some bright notes on Christmas planning with suggestions from a friend of ours.
old-fashioned Christmas. We long to see, with strings of popcorn to harness the tree, melt tinseler gold through the evergreen, just gay-colored cutouts and between, some candles small in holders or diadem, like the pale stars that hovered or Bethlehem. Underneath all the homemade toys, like the ones we had when we were boys. But it's not the size of the Christmas tree or the change of its hue through the century. It is happiness that sets it apart, the spirit of love that's come in your heart.